Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Reds baseball today on this Tuesday, the 24th of January, talking with Mark Sheldon, of course. Mark, thank you as always for the time and uh, kind of a, I don't want to call it a a stunner, but one that certainly uh, caught me off guard. I don't know if it uh, did the same for you, but uh, we'll hear from you on that. Obviously talking about the uh, the Dan Straley trade as uh, the Reds sending him the way of uh, South Florida to the Miami Marlins in return. The Reds getting back uh, three highly rated prospects from the fish. And Mark, can you call this uh, to start off a, a classic case of a team selling high on a, on a player who up to this point has been kind of a journeyman in his career? Absolutely. Uh, they really went with the guy that had a career year, 14 wins, 191 innings, you know, did everything really well uh, for being a waiver claim. They, they got him for nothing uh, right before uh, the season opened and they were able to spin him uh, and flip him for for three prospects, uh, especially three well-regarded prospects. It sounds like, um, you know, personally, I was surprised because leading up to that, I always thought that Straley was a guy that had more value to the Reds than maybe other than other clubs would value him just because of his of his kind of lackluster pass and the kind of stuff he throws. He's not a power pitcher. He gives up a lot of home runs. And I thought maybe, you know, because he had four years of value left, or four years of club control left, that the Reds would value keeping that and riding it out. But what ended up happening is they kind of looked at the, the landscape. They found a team that was willing to, to, to look to go after him, and they did want him pretty badly in the Marlins. And uh, they looked at him as a reg- maybe uh, possibly a regression candidate. What happens if they, they waited too long and he goes out and he has a lousy start to the year and then all that value that he built up might be lost so uh you, you kind of look at it different ways and they and they struck while the iron was hot they they were very aggressive and they didn't wait uh one of the criticisms of the reds in the past is they've maybe waited too long to, to move guys when their value had peaked and had gone downward a little bit so they they did move quick they certainly did uh no disputing that and i know that in you know previous discussions it was kind of a Kind of a given that uh, maybe the top three guys uh, in that rotation heading into 2017 were going to be Di Sclafani, Australia, and then probably Brandon Finnegan, and then the four or five spots you know would would be uh, would be fought for. But now that Australia is uh, out of the picture, uh, who does this benefit the most in terms of uh, filling that void and really locking down a spot heading into spring training? Well, you also forgot about Homer Bailey, yes, so he's, he's yes. in the rotation. So you, you know, you got Homer Bailey somewhere if he's healthy. You got. Disclafani, you got Finnegan. Like before, all these young guys like Amir Garrett, Robert Stevenson, Cody Reed, Tim Adelman, 
will be in the mix for a spot, but they, it really does seem to double down on the efforts uh, to go find a veteran starter from outside the organization uh, for no other reason than really to pick up innings because you cannot assume that any of those young guys are ready to go out and throw 180 to 200 innings at this stage of their careers. Uh, they need to find a guy that can do that. It, it, they tried doing that last year in March. They went out and got Alfredo Simon, uh, largely based on what he did for them, you know, in twenty uh, in twenty fourteen. But that backfired miserably and didn't work. So they're going to have to really look for a guy that not only can provide those innings, but if this, these younger guys do work out and succeed and they're ready to take their spot, whether it's the, men, the ones I mentioned or somebody else like a Sal Romano, uh, that person may have to be unselfish enough to. Uh, be willing to acquiesce and go to the bullpen um, and be a long reliever should uh, the, all the kids start panning out. So it's going to be really interesting what they do. Uh, there's only a little less than three weeks left until camp opens, and uh, there seems to be a lot of arms still out there like we've talked about in the past. So they, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get somebody rather, rather soon. And, uh, Mark, backtracking a little bit to something else you said, that, uh, you know, in the past uh, the Reds have been criticized, and rightfully so, for – hanging on to veterans a bit too long and not getting the returns on these guys that they perhaps should have gotten. Uh, two names that immediately come to mind, both uh, Todd Frazier and Aroldis Chapman. So given that, how has the fan reaction been to a trade? Not that Straley is a name even close to being on par with a Frazier or a Chapman, but nonetheless, uh, you know, given the fact that he did have a good year, he was penciled in to be a, a mainstay in this rotation. What has the reaction been to, you know, the Reds making a, a very aggressive move here. It's been mixed. I think I think the fans that understand the rebuild and the idea of, of maximizing assets and building assets and, and taking a guy and moving him before it's too late, like the trade, I got a lot of feedback that way. But then you get guys who are saying, well, are the Reds trying to win or not that are still thinking that this is about winning championships in 2017? And we know that's not really the case right now, that they, they were a little less enthusiastic about the trade because obviously the guy went out and was their best pitcher last year. He won you know, we in the writing local writers association voted him pitcher of the year. Why wouldn't the Reds want to keep him? So it's, it's a uh, in that sense for fans that, that really want to win at all times and, and 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 end this rebuild. They didn't like it, but I think fans that saw the who the, who they got in return, what it could mean for the future, and the fact that they were did something out of their character a little bit. They have a new GM, obviously, this is the second year in Dick Williams. It's his first year being in charge of baseball ops. He didn't sit on his hands. He's he's doing what he can to to put the team in position, and I think. Some fans really respected that and also respected the fact that he uh, was pretty out front about his rationale and it kind of explained the, the whole process that led up to the trade. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I think I side uh, with those fans that see the long-term picture here and, and that realize that, you know, there aren't going to be any parades <laughs> in, uh, you know, 2017. This is something that you have to, you have to take a long-term uh, process towards. And that's what Dick Williams is doing. And, uh, Mark, you mentioned the guys that came over uh, the other way from Miami uh, in this trade, uh, three highly touted prospects. Of those three, who should Reds fans be most excited about right now? Well, I think the one they'll see first will be, will be uh, Bryce, um, just because, you know, he's, uh, he's Austin Bryce, excuse me. He, he has a chance to make the big league bullpen this spring, and, I, and I, you know, they like his chances. He's already been in the major leagues a little bit, wasn't very successful in his, in his one major league stint with Miami, but he had some good numbers. He can start or can really, but I think the one they'll be more excited about will be uh, Luis Castillo. Uh, he's only 24. Uh, the reports say he can bring it to you know the high 90s, can even crack uh, triple digits. Uh, he's got some very nice numbers down in, uh, in double A. I think last year he, uh, you know, like a 2.26 ERA. He had a one whip. 
so it, it's, he's got low walks, a lot of strikeouts. So I think that could be uh, another exciting starter they could have in the future, maybe maybe later this year, but more likely in 2018. And then the other guy they got is Isaiah White. It's more of a of a crapshoot that you know he's way down the, in the lower end of the minors, has a lot of upside, but you're not going to know for a few years whether that that one's going to pan out or not. But it was certainly for the Reds, I guess. Uh, someone they liked and someone they were worth uh, taking a risk on. Yeah, a lot of promise, a lot of potential, and a lot of reasons to get excited uh, with the three young guys that the Reds can plug into their farm system. And hopefully, like you said, at least uh, one of the three could make a cameo uh, sometime in 2017, but uh, the future looking a lot better than it did uh, even a couple days ago following the trade of uh, Dan Straley to the Miami Marlins. And Mark, do you see... In your crystal ball, do you see Dick Williams uh, doing something uh, something else uh, on this scale to maybe it would catch people off guard, or do you think that uh, he's going to kind of ride it out uh, into spring training and maybe wait until the season to make another splash like this? Well, I think this might put to rest or should put to rest that they would trade Anthony DiScalfani because at some point they do need to have innings to, to, to fill out the, the year, and also I think they see him as being part of the future. I don't think they'll trade Billy Hamilton, who was obviously in the uh, in the rumor mill during the winter meetings as well. Uh, what could happen maybe is they if they do find a taker for Brandon Phillips or Zach Cozart. But uh, I think anything they do between now and, and uh, opening day, whether it's during spring training or not, could be uh, along the lines of just trying to add a starting a pitcher, maybe a, a backup catcher, depending on the uh, Mezzarocco situation. I don't think anything's going to really be industry rattling, but. Uh, you never know. I think what he said in the past is he's willing to listen on anybody, and if you make the right offer, it might it might work out. So we'll see. Yeah, and that's what happened here with uh, Dan Straley. Very few people thought that he would be wearing another uniform in 2017, but uh, stranger things have happened. We'll see if Dick Williams has something else up his sleeve. Mark, to begin to wrap up here, uh, you and the other uh, team reporters for MLB.com recently asked uh, who was the best free agent signing in your team's history, your team obviously the Reds. Uh, your choice was Dave Parker. Uh, explain why you chose him and maybe uh, some other guys in the running along with Parker for that honor. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird is that the Reds don't really, in their history, don't really have a lot of free agent acquisitions, at least the big ones. You know, they've, they've done some you know complimentary pieces and one-year contract guys and you know, names like Ron Ginn or Greg Vaughn come to mind for one good year, but that, the parameter was they needed to at least have a couple years. And you really go back and you look at, at their first big acquisition in 1983 in December, coming off back-to-back losing seasons. The Big Red Machine is uh, long in shambles by then, uh, and they needed to kind of get going. And they finally, after rejecting free agency, you know, it's going back to the, when it started in the 70s, they, they finally made an expenditure, and they went and got Dave Parker. And uh, they got him a two-year contract for a little over $2 million after he had 11 years with the Pirates. He's a hometown guy. He wasn't born in Cincinnati, but he was raised there, went to high school in Cincinnati here. And, um, you know, he became a good fit. He really, you know, coming off a drug scandal, the whole Pittsburgh drug trial, he was able to rebuild his career. He, he had, uh, you know, come a couple of career years. One year he batted 312 and 34 homers. That was, I think, 85. And, uh, you know, it was really just – a big part of that team kind of coming back. They, they had uh, three second place finishes uh, with him there. Pete Rose was managing and uh, they, they kind of just kind of put it together. And he also was known for being a clubhouse leader. He, he was the, the guy that kind of kept the team together. He had a lot of young guys. I talked to both uh, the, the Reds uh, hall of fame uh, executive director, Rick Walls and Marty Brenneman, who was you know working obviously back in those days. And he said, you know, if you're going to have a rebuilding team, which is what they were doing, 
Dave Parker was the perfect guy you, you, you wanted to have in your clubhouse to rebuild around. And he did it on the field with his numbers, and he did it in the clubhouse with the players. Barry Larkin had mentioned in his Hall of Fame speech that, that uh, Parker and Eric Davis were a big part of him when he was a rookie, you know, when he wasn't, when he was underperforming of taking him aside and, and making him play better and, and teach and showing him the way. And, and, uh, and he certainly was an asset. And also if you want to take it into a, a further direction, they traded Dave Parker in the last year of his contract. He ended up resigning for a two year deal after that first two year deal. And, and in the fourth year of his time with the Reds or after his fourth year, they, uh, they were able to uh, flip him for Jose Rijo, uh, to the A's and, uh, Rio became a centerpiece of the 1990 World Series team. So uh, Parker really did have a lot to, to contribute, I guess. And then I looked at as far as uh, notable uh, possibilities. I also looked at uh, Roldis Chapman, of course, who wasn't a traditional free agent. He obviously was out of Cuba, but the, you know all the teams had a chance at him, and the Reds were able to get him for $30 million. He obviously made unquestionable uh, contributions and was very electric while he was here for the six years. I also looked at uh, Francisco Cordero, who, who's more of a compiler of numbers. He made the ninth inning a little more interesting than it had to be, but he had a you know, decent run here. He had an under three ERA and 150 saves. And then I also looked at uh, Pete Harnish, who had two good years and then two poor years. And I also looked at Jeff Brantley, the now current broadcaster, but a uh, former closer who uh, set the all-time team record with uh, 44 saves in 1996. So I thought those were some honorable mentions. Yeah, no question. And the irony, the further irony of that uh, Rio deal in 1990 is that the team they beat in the World Series that year, of course, the Oakland yeah. A's. So uh, yeah. it all yeah, it all came full circle uh, for the Reds that year in terms of uh, Rio and uh, Dave Parker. But, uh, Mark, an excellent choice there and a good way to uh, wrap this baby up. Mark Sheldon, our Reds reporter, joining us here on this Tuesday. And we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.